Hi, Jake. Hello, Gabrielle. We're back in the studio. Yes, we are. It's very exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm actually really excited about this one. I know we say it about every single <laughs> one, but this one, I honestly am. So we we are talking to Kazuko Morahashi, mm-hmm. who graduated from MA Communication Design, mm-hmm. and uh, Kaz just gives an amazing really interesting account about networking i mean if there's anything uh that she doesn't know about networking it's not worth knowing is it Uh, or or nobody knows (laughs) nobody knows (laughs) because she knows everything (laughs) she does know everything but in a in a lovely way yeah 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 she just talks so much about how to how to nurture relationships and build relationships um, and some of the tips that she says about nurturing that relationship, which I think was really key word that you kind of mentioned there, because it's not just about creating a, a, a relationship, and I guess she goes into this, but it's about how you foster that. Yeah, definitely. Going, going yeah, and another highlight, not that we want to talk about the whole episode <laughs> right now, but uh, but yeah, another highlight that I really liked is um, talking about if you really want to do an art project or a creative project, um, she just she just does it. She just gets on and does it. But mm-hmm. you know, there is always. 101 reasons why we don't start these projects and and she gives some really good advice about how to just get on and just do it which mm. i think is brilliant okay well I, i've got a highlight oh, i want to okay. say that, i mean no, i'm not too many spoilers <laughs> but i really really want to say this really the bit where she talks about the kind of horizontal oh, that was uh, so and vertical good. relationships yeah, 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 in terms really of networking oh, it's just superb and it's such a lovely and uh, uh, beautiful analogy and kind of way of thinking about it um uh, but i think that's it okay so uh this is work in progress and you are about to listen to our interview with Kaz Morahashi. So welcome to work in progress. Uh, my name is Jake, I'll be your host uh, and I'm here with Kaz. Hello. Hello, how are you doing? You okay? Fine, thank you. Thanks for coming along. We've also got Catherine here with us. Hello. Okay, so Kaz, if you want to just tell us a little bit about your experience, I guess starting from, uh, you you did an MA here, right, at NUA. If you want to tell us a little bit Mm -hmm. about that and then kind of what you're up to now. Sure. So I came here to do my MA in communication design uh, 2013 to 2015. Mm -hmm. So I was a part-time student, um, which was really good because I was working full-time uh, wow. elsewhere mm. so it just meant that I could focus on both without you know feeling too too well it was still stressful yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so I finished my MA in 2015 mm-hmm. uh, took a year out uh, just going back into work thinking what to do next and then I've applied to come back here for my PhD so I started mm-hmm. in 2016 no 2017 academic year yeah um, what, what sort of things have you been working on projects wise so one um, thing was called Go Walkies, and it's this idea of taking a toy dog for a walk around museums and heritage sites and um, using that in conjunction with the mobile phone. And so the kids could start to take pictures of the dog sniffing things. So rather than taking selfies, the kids were like teaching the dog what they were interested in, taking pictures oh, of their dogs cool. and coming back and then we can have a chat. And, and then from there, I discovered that, well, gosh, you know, you start to hear a lot about what kids were looking at, how they're interpreting yeah, things, yeah, yeah. why it was interesting from a children's perspective. And mm-hmm. that's kind of difficult to do. It, it sounds easy. You just, you know, pull a kid and tell them, like, what, <laughs> what did you think? And they usually go, I don't know. You know, <laughs> oh, I liked it. Why color? And so it's really simplistic. But when you do have pictures, they can start to think about, like, oh, I like this one because it looked like like the wave pattern because we live near the sea. So, so you can really get into it, yeah, and understand where they're coming from. 
So that kind of evolved into a PhD question. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have a question about Go Walkies. You found a museum where you could go and try out Go Walkies, yeah. which is brilliant. How do you get an idea like that in front of the right people? Um, so what seems to have worked so far is um, going out almost in a sort of a side entrance way. So going knocking on the front doors of the museum. Sometimes it's really difficult. It's really time consuming. I don't often know who best to ask. Um, and then also there's an internal structure so that in you know, that I, I just kind of don't know how it works. Um, but oftentimes I try to give talks in relevant areas. So going to museum studies, mm. um, conferences or mm -hmm. trade shows, um, any kind of workshop opportunities where museum people get together. And uh, there the reception's been good because it's really about, I don't know, knowledge exchange. You know, people are sharing ideas, sharing thoughts sharing a way of working and those are really those have been really good places to bring the dogs explain the project even have the curators and museum learning officers go and do a mini version of looking at things together with the dog mm -hmm. i think that's really good to hear and i think some of the other interviews that we've been doing over this podcast everybody kind of leans into this like really important idea of i guess networking and, and you kind of mm. said it there without actually saying it which i think is really valuable which i think we should touch on a bit later but i want to know a little bit about some of the other projects that you've been doing because there's one project that, that i've been told about at your museum of kindness is that right um do you want to talk us a little bit about that because i think that's really inspiring as well so that one yeah that's that's basically my um yeah how, how to dither with your phd <laughs> <laughs> do something else um so the museum of human kindness is a project where we collect stories from people on their experience of receiving acts of kindness from complete strangers. And so that was the key thing. It wasn't about what was it when you gave kindness, but it was about what happened when you experienced it, when somebody did something nice. And then we brought a group of artists to make creative responses. Um, so they had they were able to choose the story they wanted to respond to. And then we took about three months working with uh, 12 artists all together. Um, each chose a story and each used their own different practices. So we had artists ranging from street artists to natural pigment dye makers to uh, textile artists. So it was a whole wow. breath of yeah different talents. And so that why, was really um, fun. Why did you start? Why did you start this project? I think it's, it's, well, the main reason it was this kind of counter uh, action against what we were seeing a few years ago, you know, this conversation, at least in the media, has started to shift, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, we, it went from something relatively polite and respectful to then the Brexit, you know, the EU referendum yeah. came and also the uh, US presidential election campaign came around the same time. And all of a sudden, in the English language, we were beginning to see a completely different narrative being played out. Um, you, do, you start to see rise in hate crimes. But then ultimately when we looked around our everyday life, that was very, very different from what we were hearing in the media. Mm. So we thought maybe as artists, what can we do to try to, you know, claw back a lot of the antagonism going on in the, the, the noise in the media, but look at our everyday. So that's how we started to think about, mm. okay, let's, um, let's think back about our everyday scale life. You know, let's think about kindness because it's actually everywhere around us mm, so let's mm. take a moment to uh, i think that. it's a really humble and really um um 
worthwhile mm. sort of project. If, if somebody's listening to this and they have an idea that they want to maybe mm. do something similar, how would you kind of advise them to go about it? Did you, in terms of this Just do this it. Project, <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Like, did you just have a plan and you knew it was going to go out that way? Or did you kind of set yourself out to go a certain direction knowing that it might change? Or did you say, yeah. this is how we're going to do it. I'm just going to do it. You know, I think it was just like, let's just do it. Because there were other projects where I was very careful and very polite and did things, you know, by the books, you know, go talk to so-and-so and write the follow-up email and do this and, you know, keep, keep kind of like going at the door. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, our lives are pretty short. So I thought, well, might as well try to do it. Um, we, so... Yeah, and, and once we decided to work on it, um, obviously there are like real life problems, you know, there are people who are working all the time, so who's gonna do a lot of the bulk of the admin side to fundraising side to promotion side to designing things and printing mm. things and mm. was it all 12 artists bef that were involved in the beginning or was it was it just we had a core team so oh, yeah. um, we had and actually they are all uh, friends from my MA days. Oh, so, nice. So, yeah, they're uh, Sarah Alfaraj, who did communication design, Bilos and Gary, also from Comedy, and uh, Nicola Hockley, who I think did textile. Um, so part of that was basically we thought, oh, it's a shame that after MA we all kind of do our own thing and we never really have a reason to come together. So I thought, well, if you want to do this together, you know, at least we'll have a reason mm. to get together at least like once a month. So we were meeting... The first, um, I think the first Thursdays of the month we would meet and then like just kind of brainstorm next time, okay, this has happened. So, and once we got that rhythm going, it was really good to just then start slotting in plans into action kind of thing. Mm, mm. Um, by the summer, no spring, we were kind of really developing the website, the kind of the brand identity. Uh, with the help of UEA and Newest, this uh, collaborative project they had. By summer, we did a call for artists, and then by, well, November, just, yeah, uh, 2019, we had the show. So once it started to move, we kind of kept it chugging along. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. Um, but you are faced with, the, I guess, similar challenges that, that everybody else, right? And one of those particular ones for someone uh, like myself is a little bit naive in, this, in that area uh, is kind of the funding funding side of things for us it was looking at the local exhibitions and things and seeing who funds <laughs> <laughs> local <laughs> exhibitions because okay. they, they tend to be friendlier right they're, they have they're, they're more keen to like support local artists local initiatives so um county council so we knew that the county council uh they have a um a, a small art grant pot and um yeah, we definitely knew where to go for the amount we needed. And for larger amounts, we, so these are, you know, looking at a couple hundred pounds, 500 pounds. So around that area, then a lot of small local pots would be a good place to go. For the Museum of Human Kindness, we wanted to pay a small honorarium to each of the 12 artists and people involved. So, um, that adds up when you're timesing any figure with 12, you know, even yeah. mm -hmm. 50 pounds, you know, it's 600 pounds, mm -hmm. and all of a mm -hmm. sudden your local pots wouldn't cover that. We still had venue costs, printing costs, and so forth. Um, so we crowdfunded 
for that mm-hmm. one. I never did a crowdfunding before. It was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of going to people and really like twisting people's hands, but <laughs> smiling. <laughs> so, um, so crowdfunding, that's like an online fundraising tool. Is that right? Yeah, so you uh, and you can go about it in many different ways, but for us, we made a small, like a really short video about the project, introducing it, and just trying to sort of prove that we are very lovely people looking to do good, and that you know the, uh, we we really need their help. Um, and then we had, and and of course, it depends on the platform, but we ran a one month campaign. And basically, it's you upload your uh, campaign to one of the hosting sites, and you have things like Kickstarter or uh, Indiegogo. We ended up using crowdfunder.co.uk because it was a British company, and mm-hmm. um, the uh, the fees that they take were the cheapest. <laughs> <laughs> and because um, it's you know it makes, it makes a big sense. difference yeah, because absolutely. ultimately they charge like. Uh, anywhere from 1.5 to 3.5% of what you raise in terms of their admin fee plus each an individual transaction fee. And so if you're adding then um, rewards and and then, and I think the card processing company also charges yeah, the service yeah, fee. So yeah. you're looking at losing 10%, you mm, know, of wow. what you raise. Mm. And That's we worked big, big really number, hard. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Three, we raised 3,000, but nearly 300. Uh, well, actually in our case, it was 200. Um, what disappears mm, before it hits mm. the bank? So yeah. So you raised three thousand. Sounds like a pretty good number. Is that was that kind of hard work? Yeah. <laughs> was that your target? Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Um, so when you're applying for funding, like I guess, how how do you balance the uh, your prof- the professional you and your you you right? Yeah. Um, that's really important because I think that's really a big mental block for a lot of people, including myself. Um, but keeping it simple, keeping it jargon-free, that's so important because oftentimes um, I've been on the other side where I look at applications as well. And once you start talking about this project is an exploration of this, you know, uh, transgender identity in Bauhaus movement, you're gonna lose people. Uh, so it's it's it is worth going to just um, for for me. It's really almost just talking to people, asking them, and so you're reducing it into a sentence, what it is. So, for instance, museum is, a Museum of Human Kindness, well, what is that, you know? And then it's, it's about turning stories into works of art. It's about stories celebrating kindness. So just finding and reducing and reducing and distilling it will give me, at least me, an essence of what I want to do with mm. this project. Um, so then I'll then bring that in, and of course there's a little bit of, okay, well, who am I going to pitch it to? You know, if it's a group looking at community building, then I will focus a little bit on that. So you have the core project mm-hmm. brief, you know, this, this is what, this, this tin does <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, but, and this tin is good <laughs> for doing this because, da-da-da, because you have to think, well, why should the funders mm-hmm. fund me? You know, it's, it's because I'm providing something that they also feel an intrinsic value uh, towards, you know, supporting that. I just think, well, if I were to send this to my, my work colleagues, you know, who are very professional, but not necessarily from the arts, 
they're good people to bounce ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, even your parents, your you know anybody who you can get who aren't necessarily in the arts to then pitch it. And if they understand it, that's a very good sign. Mm-hmm. If and you'll see them, you know. And some people are nice, and they go. That's interesting. <laughs> With this kind of eyes that look w- worried, then you know that it's not quite right. What's also useful is maybe getting somebody who can then, who's very good at sort of hearing you and repeating what you've said to them. Mm-hmm. So, um, so if I say oh, I'm thinking about this project, and it's supposed to do this, it's supposed to do that, then they say, okay, so what you're looking at is a social project that might be looking at this element of society and why this is needed now. You know, mm. so just mm. um, it's it's good to find somebody who's a good sounding board. But mm. yeah, but then again, it's, it's so long as you get it out of your head. Yeah. That's the main thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oftentimes, it's like all in your head, and the more it's in there, it grows <laughs> into this like a big beast, and it's too scary to then let go and unleash and worry what people might say. But mm. yeah, just just uh, and, and and you know another thing is like, for me, I kind of think okay, it doesn't have to be perfect. Nothing has to be perfect, mm-hmm. but I have to give it my best. Okay. So so long as those two marry up, then you know I'm not worried about everything being perfect and pristine and in the right order. But if I give it my best and I thought it through, I thought it through, and I took criticisms and I took ideas on board, and this is what I can come up with, then then it starts to take on its own form, and you begin to see things emerging. So yeah. Uh, how did you how did you learn that process? Like wh- by failing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, like yeah. So so it's essentially through failures, and in a way, um, when you think about how do you keep yourself going, you know, after where did I read it? Like um, there's a book called um, Art Art and Fear, and it talks about how after art school, a lot of people get depressed and they never pick up a pen or a brush again because the fear has grown so much, you know. Mm. But so how do you keep that aspiration going? And it's good to fail because, and it's good to know where you don't want to be. And that pushes you to say, I do not want to go back (laughs) where I came (laughs) from. So failing is a good thing. It's, it's, yeah, actually what helps you grow and, and in terms of the funding applications mm. can you ask for feedback if you are not successful yeah some some do some do um not not all of them depends on how um how competitive it is so, some of them they're getting you know hundreds of applications and it's really hard and they will say well you know we can't give you feedback for each and every application and I'm very sorry about that um other ones uh even if they don't at the start uh, when they report back if we, whether you're successful or not. Um, if you're not successful, I still tend to write back and saying thank you very much for reviewing it. Um, and, you know, of course, you, we appreciate that you had a lot of very strong applications, but if there's anything for us to take on board to reflect on and use in terms of improving our next application, it'd be, you know, really great. So we, we mentioned it earlier, uh, and I think this is probably a really good time to come back to it, this kind of idea of networking. How do you approach that sort of process? Um, I don't know if I have an approach. <laughs> um, it's, it's pretty scattergun, uh, to be <laughs> honest about it, but... I think like okay, so in I'm Japanese American, and um, in Japan we talk about 
relationships a lot, you know, uh, and, and sort of formal relationships. And you talk about the vertical relationships and the horizontal relationships. So horizontals are your friends, you know, the, the people who you can rope in and um, get together and support each other, um, however that may be. And the vertical is really the, the you know, who's above you, who's, you know, who needs pulling up or this, yeah, uh, kind of a rank type of social ranking type of relationships. And it's, it's really about balancing both of that out mm -hmm. because ultimately your friends could support you so much, but unless your friends are incredibly, you know, uh, resourceful, then there comes a limit of what you can um, do. And it's not that it's, it, that breaks a relationship. It's mm -hmm. just that some relationships are built for, for certain, um, I don't know, like an environment and, and, and needs mm -hmm. um, and what you can reciprocate. But I think it's also important to look at how to find people who can help you in different capacity. Uh, mm -hmm. And that is kind of, for me, trying to look at the vertical relationship. So, um, and that might, yeah, that of course takes time as well, but it's also going and meeting people and yeah, just doing your basic courtesy, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. of um, writing to them, thanking them. <laughs> <laughs> and then just following them up and, and just trying to reciprocate in any way, you know, you can. And sometimes, like, I feel like a lot of people who are more senior to me, they'll offer a lot of support and they'll introduce me to people and say, oh, have you talked to this person because they're working in this area, you know, or the, they worked on this project. It sounds like you guys might have a nice mm, link. Mm. So that's very nice. And... And, but then I feel like, gosh, you know, I feel like I'm getting so much support, but I can't, you know, give back things because I'm not that mm. much high, that sort of embedded in the structure of the, the creative industry. But then again, I guess it's like, you know, maybe then I can pay it forward by bringing younger generation artists to join the project, or then if they're looking into something, then I can make introductions. So I guess it goes in different mm, ways. It's mm. not always an A to B transaction, but, you know, A to B to C and back to A kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's really good. Yeah, definitely. And mm. do you find uh, the people that are further on in their career than you with, when, when you're going to talk to them and ask them questions, when you do and, and they help you, do you feel that they really enjoy that, they get something out of it themselves and it's quite a positive transaction? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And, you know, um, I think a lot of people, especially when they're not necessarily from the arts, you know, they're really inspired to think of working with artists. And so there's... Yeah, I think the fear is more in me mm -hmm. in thinking that, oh, you know, they just think I'm an artist. <laughs> 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 but actually, they're, um, I think, offering people new ways of working or creative ways of interpreting a problem and, and being able to, or showing enthusiasm about doing that is in itself something that people like to see. So, you know, I'm sure you both come across people who you or you don't know what, what they do, or mm. but, but their sheer passion and interest, and you kind of go, okay, yeah, well, actually, now that you mention it, I know so-and-so, or, you know, I've done this, well, mm. maybe I could in, refer you to, to these references or something. So, yeah, I guess it's just about having that 
um, I don't know, aspiration, and that then kind of comes across in conversation. So yeah, as you say, yeah, when mm. you say network, and you mm. go to, you know, like, oh, come to our networking event, and I think, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a it's bunch of corporate else. people in suits, <laughs> and I don't even have a card, you know, what do I do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really but this awful. Is it, right? I think that idea of networking is, in practice, it feels a bit like a nightmare, but in reality, it's what you do every, every day when you speak to people, when you kind of bring connections with people. That's really what networking is about. And we really hear that through what you're saying, which I think is really inspiring to hear. Um, so uh, what's, I know you're working on your PhD at the moment. Um, what's kind of next to you? Have you got any big projects you want to kind of really pull the trigger on? Or um, is it kind of just get your PhD done? Or Well, <laughs> uh, so the Museum of Human Kindness, that's a project that's starting yeah. to have its own sort of legs. But I still have to do my PhD. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to write. <laughs> Um, there's always two, two questions that I asked right before the okay. end. Um, the first one is if, if anybody wants to find out more about what you do, um, obviously we talked about the Museum of Human Kindness a lot. Um, if they want to kind of get in contact with you or find out your work, where's the best place to go? Uh, the best place to go, there are two. Depends on which you want. Okay. So I have a website that's a bit more uh, serious. <laughs> yeah. And that's um, kazmorohashi.com. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to spell well, we'll it out? Well, <laughs> we'll put the, um, your, all the literature kind of yeah. in the uh, episode description. But I think the funner one is the Instagram side because that is really where my day-to-day uh, mostly failed attempts at things, but, <laughs> you know, work in progress, the, the way I approach things are things that um, are really more off-the-cuff Mm-hmm. Yeah, I post. So, yeah, that's um, also just my name, Kazmorohashi, mm-hmm. as a handle. So that's, yeah, hopefully fun for people. Oh, cool, yes. <laughs> Those two places, definitely check it out if you want to find out more about Kaz and, and her work. Um, and then the last thing is, um, if you could uh, thank and pass on your gratitude to anybody um, to kind of thank them for maybe helping you to get to where you are now, um, who would it be? I think ultimately my parents. Mm-hmm. Because they first wouldn't let me go to art school. (laughs) (laughs) So they refused, refused, (laughs) refused to let me go to art school when I was growing up. Um, But ultimately, they're now the biggest supporters. And I think that is a very difficult thing to do for a parent to, you know, um, of of course, they're happy that I'm, I'm in this place now. But yeah, they, they had to just make sure that they played the, the devil's advocate just to make sure that I wasn't, you know, <laughs> kind of falling by the wayside. But it's just having that support mm-hmm. through the negative to the positive and still being here. Um, that's, yeah, that's, that's incredible. That's lovely. That Thank is really you. good. I'm sure they'll be very proud. I'm sure they're very proud of you. And they'll be happy to hear them mentioned on this world famous podcast. I shall pass it on. (laughs) But uh, thank you so much for for joining us, Kaz. It's been been great talking to you and and, uh, listening to you talk about your work and pass on your story. And hopefully um, you've inspired our listeners uh, as well. Um, Thanks, Catherine, for being here and answering some questions as well. Uh, And thanks to you for for listening. Um, Join us next time for some more uh, interviews. Thanks very much.